This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money show. I am Jill Schlesinger and it is Thursday, May 26th. Now, some of you know that you listen to our other podcast. It's called Jill on Money. And some people listen to the radio show. Some people read me in the newspaper or see me on TV. And uh, we get a lot of inquiries. So you never know where you're going to land on the contact us button, where which show you're going to end up on. And as Mark knows, I, I tend to also use all of your questions for lots of different things. So, so sometimes you ask a question, you would be shocked to learn on your favorite radio station across the country. And I think that we're on about a couple hundred stations. Your question is on the radio. Sometimes you come on the air and you're on the Jill on Money show. Sometimes you come on the air, you're on the Eye on Money show. Sometimes I write about you. Wait until you read the new book that's coming out next year. It's all about you guys. So that is kind of my disclosure that if you send us a question at JillOnMoney.com and you click the contact us button, who knows where you'll end up today, Mark? I, I don't know if we've ever had anything that's so top of the news cycle as this question. Are you ready, Mark? Today, we are talking to a young couple, Catherine and Vlad, who are on with us from Colorado. So hello to Catherine and Vlad. How are you? What can we do for you today? Hi, Jill. We're so happy to be here. So tell us what is going on? What's happening? Okay. I think I'm telling the story. (laughs) Okay. Tell us the story. Catherine, you're up. Okay. So I'm born and raised in the U.S. and Vlad is from Ukraine and uh, we met here and we've been married uh, 10 years and um, we have two kids, eight and three. And um, I wrote in because we're just in this very serious sandwich situation where we have these two young kids we also cared for my mother last year, who who died last year, and my father died a long time ago. And Vlad's dad, very sadly, died suddenly last year in 2021 in Ukraine. And so we have one grandparent left who left Ukraine, you know, what, a week into the conflict this year in 2022, and is now here with us in Colorado. Oh, my God. Let me just stop for a second. Yeah. Vlad. How did she get out? Give us a little bit of the story behind that. Like, was it impossible? Was it actually because it was early? It was like, how did you do this? Uh, it was quite a trip for her. Uh, she lives in the kind of western side of the Ukraine, uh, which uh, wasn't affected immediately. Like, I think they got some like rockets hitting the, the, like some, I don't know, key infrastructure parts of the city she lived in, but not the civilian areas. My cousin, actually, the one who kind of instigated this whole thing, like she reached out to me and to her and like, you should get her out. 
we thought about this and she, she made a call like, okay, we're going to do this. And uh, because uh, airlines, all of the flights were obviously closed at that point. Like she had to use some volunteer cars, minivans, which were transporting people. There's a whole operation. There are people who are helping to coordinate people who need transport, who can provide transport, uh, timings, pickup spots. And she got picked up in her city and then drove basically all the way to the Polish border with Poland mm-hmm. with just a small backpack on her hands. Oh, and she's disabled. She's a stroke survivor. So she needs help walking, basically. Oh, my God. So it, it was like it was fun and challenging. But like, I'm very proud of her that she did it because she said there were at some point there were like, you know, four people pushing her into this car and. <laughs> And in some ways, it helped her to cross the border faster mm. as, a, you know, uh, she, she, were, she was allowed to skip the lines and the Polish border people uh, drove a van, like their own personal service van and helped her just to kind of cross the border on a van. And then she traveled by bus to Warsaw, where she uh, spent the night at the hotel I booked for her and then flew on the next day here. Oh, my God. I can't even. Uh, how old is your mom, Vlad? Sixty-six. Uh, so, I mean, you say that she's disabled from as a stroke survivor. Can she walk or not? So she has this thing, like physically she can walk indoors fine, but she gets afraid to walk in an open space. Mm-hmm. So like in open areas, like outside, somebody needs to hold her arm to help her kind of like calm down and walk. And very slow. She, like her left side is just, it's sort of like she has gross motor, but no fine motor and can't feel very well on the left side. So it's like she can do a lot of things. It's just slow. Okay. All right. Um, and is that the main part of her disability? In other words, she can swallow, she can talk and all that. Like, is there anything else that is continues after the stroke? No. Amazingly, yeah, it really didn't impact her speech or cognition or swallowing. Okay. So right now, that that's it. And it was, uh, yeah, it was about 10 years ago she's been living with this. So she's okay. found ways to work around. And before the war, she had some neighbors help her out. Mm. So, yeah, but she could primarily live independently. Yeah. So meanwhile, she takes a basically takes a bag. No money, no nothing. So this is now you're taking oh, care of your mom. She oh, has she money. She, she does. <laughs> I, lo- I like the money part. Tell me more about the money part. Uh, well, it, she brought some here. It's just, uh, you know, the maximum allowed amount in cash, uh, which you can bring without, I think, uh, declaring in writing. Right. So that's 10 grand. Yeah. Well, that's what the backpack was for. <laughs> Oh my God. Do I love this story? This is like, this is like, uh, my, my step grandmother, when they say we like, how'd you get, how'd you get out of hungry? Her mother like basically put a bunch of stuff, sewed it into her, um, into her sweater. And she like had jewelry in her sweater and she walked out of a Hungarian village as the Nazis burned it down. So this is what we do to survive, I guess. Unbelievable. Okay. So now any other money that she has in her possession or ability to tap at this point or not? She receives pension in Ukraine on a bank card, which we don't have on hand, but we have a way to transfer to another card, which she has here. But we haven't tried like using ATM to withdraw that money. But it would be like, uh, I think I calculated the other day, 300 bucks a month or something. 300 a month, yeah. 300 bucks a month, is that what you said? 
Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Now let's get to you guys. So you got these eight-year-old and a three-year-old. Uh, how old are you guys, both of you? I'm 42. 41. Okay. And how much do you make? Uh, well, it's from our uh, tax returns. It was 320. 320? Holy yeah. smokes. That's good. Combination, though, of salary and stock. Okay. And tell us about your house. How much is your house worth? It's worth nine fifty. Okay. And is it okay having, I mean, do you need to do something to your house to accommodate your mom? That's what I well, need to know. Fortunately slash unfortunately, my mother was living with us. So oh. we kind of had a grandmother's space. I mean, it's, it's just a, you know, it's a four bedroom home. So she just, she just has one of the bedrooms and I actually, I think it will work. I think it's okay. working. Um, so I, I don't feel like, like we need to move or have another place. Okay, do good. What's the outstanding mortgage on the nine hundred fifty thousand dollar house? Uh, Four fifty eight. What's the interest rate? Three point two five. Thirty year, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Are you guys both making contributions to retirement accounts? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's do Catherine first. Catherine, how much are you putting away into retirement? And is it a pre-tax or a post-tax? So is it a Roth or is it a traditional? Right. So uh, I've been doing the maximum into a traditional since when our income got above the threshold. That's what we were doing. So there's another question about Roth conversions. We've not been doing that. When but you I mean, say the maximum 20500 you have a 401k? Oh, no, no. Just a just an IRA. I work very, very part-time. So really the majority of the income is from Vlad. Okay. So you're doing a traditional IRA. And Vlad, what are you doing in terms of retirement? I'm maxing out my 401k. Uh, it's a Roth 401k, full Roth. Currently it sits at 217. We have extra income. We just put in our regular brokerage accounts. How much are you um, saving on a monthly basis about? Well, it's kind of, it's tricky. So like, the base salary covers our expenses. And then when we get the, st the stock distributions twice a year, that's when we kind of shove it into savings. So it's a okay. little more annual basis. Okay. How much has and been going in there approximately? It's been a wild ride, but <laughs> yeah, I would say a hundred after taxes. Yeah, that's great. Perfect. Okay. Do you guys have any money set aside for your kids at this point? Do you use a 529 plan or not? Yeah, we have 529s for each of them. Um, the older one has 127,000. Bingo. And the younger one has 69,000. Okay, great. How much money is in the brokerage account right now, Vlad, about? So we have two. Combined, they're 487. Wow, that's awesome. Fantastic. All right, this is all good news. This is all very good news. So now, are we thinking mom is here for however long it takes. I mean, do you think that she'll ever go back to Ukraine or not, Vlad? I think yes. She left in such a hurry. She still envisions herself coming back. She has a lot of still friends uh, there. And uh, I think mentally she's not prepared, like because she left in such a hurry, she does not see her staying here permanently. Okay. And legally, we cannot do that yet still. But um, I, I think for my own sake, I envision her to come and live with us or mm -hmm. near us. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I understand that because it's so worrisome. You know, who yeah. knows what's going to be left at the end of whatever this is. So at this point, she is here on what kind of visa? Tourist visa. 
which means she's supposed to stay here for how long? Six months? Up to six months, yeah. Up to six months. But I mean, really, who's going to kick her out at this point? might have slipped in. We have to find out with a lawyer. She may have slipped in just before Biden announced that Ukrainians could stay here for 18 months. So we need to determine if she's eligible for that, because that would give a lot of breathing room. No one's kicking her out. No one is kicking her out, according to Mark Talercio. This is yeah, an unbelievable have, story, though. Yeah, okay. We have scheduled a talk with a lawyer next week, because I have sort of questions like, you know, if she applies for asylum, then I know there's a lot of benefits with that. But also, you know, she is over 65. So my big concern, I think the reason I really wrote to you is just thinking about planning for her care. You know, even if she does go back to Ukraine, I think we need to really think about that we do have another dependent on our hands. And I just, I think that until this all happened, I hadn't really thought about the actual cost of, you know, caring for her here if she has you know, more medical costs. I just went through this with my mom. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, you know, a skilled nursing facility costs, you know, between eight and $10,000 a month, and just kind of wrapping my head around that. And when she's in Ukraine, it's socialized medicine. It's sort of like, you just don't have to think about it. Right. So Hmm. just if you have thoughts about Mm -hmm. like, we look for a long-term care policy on her, or maybe she's- so, so, So just about that, let me just stop for one second. She will not qualify for long-term care because she's had, she's a stroke victim, which means even if you were to get her a policy, it would be so expensive. It would be like asinine to think about that. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Mark, some questions about the um, applying for asylum. If they wanted to then begin the process of citizenship, talk about what that means. So Mark just went through this with his in-laws. So how does that work, Mark? Well, I mean, you're doing the first thing which, that you need to do is you need to deal with an immigration attorney, which is what you're doing. Uh, and you're doing that next week, you said. So that person will be able to walk you through the entire process. Did, did you, was your mom able to leave? Is she took all of her, you know, like vital documents and has all that stuff with her? Um, I don't know about all, but she got some key ones. Yeah. The only, if, she, if she were to get citizenship here, Jill, I mean, she would be eligible for Medicare. Not, not Medicare, Medicaid. Medicaid. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So here's here's one reason to maybe think about citizenship for her or at least get into the process. The reason is, look, she's not going to have a bunch of assets in her name. And so the reality is that if you really do believe that she will likely end up here, not immediately, maybe five years from now, she's not here for some period, but then she eventually kind of comes back. I do think her citizenship here 
would help you guys out financially because she'd have her own social security number. She would qualify for Medicaid, which would then take you off the hook for this idea of her care because the skilled nursing facility would be all about actually based on her income. And so that would be something that she would qualify for, um, I think. And again, this is all predicated on what the lawyer says. If it's not a citizenship and she were to come live with you later as just, you know, mom, and you need to actually pay for care, what that argues for is to continue doing a lot of what you are doing right now, which is building up your brokerage account because that is what you would tap to help pay for her care. And Vlad, do you have any siblings or just this cousin from where and wherever that cousin is? Like, are you in this alone? I'm in this alone, yeah. I don't think that there would be much more to do to prepare for it except to beef up, again, doing exactly what you're doing and knowing that. But, you know, she is sort of weirdly relatively healthy, you know, even though she's gone through this. And if you think you might need someone at home to help with her, that wouldn't be that same kind of heavy duty cost or burden financially that a skilled nursing facility would have. It might just mean that you you have someone come into the house to just kind of help out a little bit. And that would be one way to, you know, I, I think that would reduce the cost. I don't know if she needs skilled nursing. I mean, does she need like therapy? Do you think she needs some like occupational therapy right now? Yeah, she could use some of that. Yeah, she doesn't believe it's going to help, but I think it, it could. <laughs> <laughs> Very stubborn. This is like I'm the conversation I had with my mother. My mother had some radiation and she said, I don't think the therapy works. I'm like, mom, have you gone? Well, no, but I don't think it'll work. I was like, oh, okay. So you're a doctor now. Great. Uh, Mark, what else should they be thinking about? That's the big thing. I, I, like you said, if if she can get the green card eventually, then she'll be eligible for Medicaid and that'll be huge. But if she can't, like you said, Jill, I would really be beefing up the uh, accessible cash. Yeah, I think that that's right. Do you think, Vlad, she would be open to going through this process with the idea that she can always go back and she can go back. But once she has that green card, going back and forth is so much easier, right? Yeah, I think she she said she would. She would be okay, okay with that. Okay. Well, then I think that that's where we're going with this. I really do. Right now, you guys are saving a bunch of money. How how often are you putting money into the 529 plans? Are you doing that when you get that slug of cash from the stock distribution? It has sort of varied year by year. Sometimes we've done monthly. This year, we actually sold a property. So we just kind of shoved a bunch in there. So it's, we've always done it, but it's been different ways every year. All right. That's fine. I mean, at, at some point, you're not going to need that much more in there, right, Mark? Yeah, they are, they've got a good chunk of money set aside already. Yeah, I mean, it's already 127000 for the eight-year-old, 69000 Are these kids going to private or public um, universities, ideally? Well, this, one of the things is actually right now they're both in private school. So, That's you know, baloney. Stop that nonsense. I'm only kidding. Is, is, it, is it a good deal? Are you happy with the private school? Yes, yes. Right. Well, the older one needs some kind of more specialized attention, we'll say. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I do think that's necessary for him. The younger one, I think, could go to any old place. Okay. Yeah, that's a big cost for us, for sure. Of course. Right um, of course. I mean, and that's going to go away. So, you know, how much is the private school bill annually for you guys? Uh, let's see, for the older one, it's 23000 a year. Yeah, it just went up a little bit. And then the younger one for preschool is, that's about 10000 a year. 
I mean, one nice way to think about this is um, that three grand a month that you're spending, which, you know, it will eventually go away a little bit, but that's money that you will be able to have available to you if, you know, again, in 10 years. I'm not saying, because I don't, I'm not hearing from you that your mom needs a lot of help right this second, but maybe 10 years from now she would. And then I'm sort of like, well, you know, there's that three grand a month that was freed up. And now it might be that you just, you, the sandwich could actually be okay in that today we are kind of slathering the mayo on one side and um, and you deal with your kids and you're taking care of them financially. And then five, eight, 10 years from now, you're going to slather the other side and mom and, and, you know, put a little mustard over there. So it seems to me the mayo and mustard, this is my normal order, by the way, when I order, you know, a, a roast turkey with Swiss cheese with mayo and mustard, I think you're going to be okay. It's going to be difficult. Look, if she needs significant care at a time where you're still putting money towards your kids, we're going to have to tap into your savings. That's what's going to happen because you're not going to leave your mom out in the cold. We know that. The more effort that we put in today to get her that green card, I think that will pay off quite a bit for you in terms of not only the financial aspect, but I think just the the movement that she will be able to you know, go f- freely, especially in the years where she still feels up for travel, that she'll be able to do that. And obviously there's no reason to like put your foot down and be like, no, this is happening now, but more that we're going to start, this is a multi-year process and we have to start it now. And and you are starting it now. Just out of curiosity, do you have your own estate documents done at this point? I was in the middle of doing them in February when all of this happened. So that was actually my next question is, should we work her into our estate? Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure how, but yeah, because what happens if something were to occur for you too? Like if you guys drop dead together, you got into a terrible accident, poo, poo, poo. I hope it never happens. What happens to your mother? Who's taking care of her? This cousin? That's my worry. Where's that cousin? The island of Cyprus. Oh, that's a nice place to retire. I'm That's okay where the rest that. of the family has evacuated to. Okay. So is there someone else who would take that on? I mean, listen, this is a very extreme possibility and a, not a probability. Is there someone who can help, who you can say like, look, if this happens, we need you to take care of mom? It's a good question. I want you to think about that. And then I want you to talk to the state attorney about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not my yeah. problem, right? Do, who's taking care of your kids if something bad happens to you? Uh, my best friend from high school. <laughs> oh, how does she feel about a mother-in-law in with the two kids? <laughs> yeah, I got to talk to her about that. <laughs> how, how good a cook is your mother, Vlad? Is that something we can throw in as a value add? One-handed hook, uh, cook, cook. Um, <laughs> is, she, is she a nice lady, at least? Yeah. She is the easiest house guest ever. I want you to get some more information for us and stay in touch and let us know if there's anything else that we can do. Okay. Really helpful. Thank you for just talking it through with us. What a story. Thank you for sharing it with us. If um, you feel like you are a little bit lost or just want to talk some things through with me and Mark, all you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you want to come on the air live. Mark will do the rest. And we would really be honored to 
actually have you share these kinds of stories with us. So thank you so much to Catherine and Vlad. Thank you all for listening. You can follow Eye on Money wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Again, we also have another podcast called Jill on Money. Many of you are subscribers to both and we appreciate that. Don't forget when you're on the website to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. All right, let's do some business. Mark Talercio is the co-host and executive producer of this program. We are distributed by CBS. We drop our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. We do ask you to lift someone up today. Curiosity, compassion, community. Thank you for listening and we'll speak to you next week. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts.